You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio. Hello and welcome to Mountain Bike Radio. This is the Just Riding Along crew and we are checking in from the Pisgah Stage Race. Uh, I, Matt, will be doing the entire stage race this week and Andrea came out to be my support crew. What up? And what we're going to do is check in every day of the race. I anticipate by day four, the check-in will be like, day four, <clears throat> bikes suck, and I'll, that'll be it. Hopefully not. Um, we are over here in Brevard, North Carolina, which is just outside of Asheville for the Pisgah Stage Race, um, brought to you by Blue Ridge Adventures. It, they put on a ton of races every year, and you can find of the info for all of their events at blueridgeadventures.net and today we had the first stage of the race brought to you by Industry 9 Components the Jacob did really well by the way he did do really well he went a little faster than me a timer he and Thomas Turner left in their car before you finished you know they (laughs) They they did that (laughs) they had changed and left before I finished but Thomas did kick Jacob's butt pretty well that's right he did he kicked everyone's butt. He did, and he... Thomas Turner looks like a Viking. But Jacob only went 11 seconds faster than me in the enduro. So, oh, wow. what up? You and uh, J- Jacob's ridden these trails a lot, too. Yeah, Jacob works for Industry 9, and he lives out here. So, um, in an effort to keep these brief, so the culmination is tolerable in one sitting, um, stage one was a total distance of 28 miles, and it had roughly 6,700 feet of climbing. The final 2.63 miles of the race was 1,300 feet of descending. Um, that was our enduro section of the day. It just happened to be that it spit you out like like a nasty loogie right at the end of the race. Um, we have about 65 people all together in the open men category. There's only about 20 and for today's stage, I ended up 11th. The winning men, and uh, let me get this photo pulled up. The winning man's time was 233.31. That was Thomas Turner of Team Jameis. He came up from Canton, Georgia, and really destroyed. Uh, the next guy is from um, a shop that I know the guy that runs out in Golden, Colorado. Uh, he's from Cycleton. Carter Shaver was uh, over 10 minutes behind Tim Turner or Thomas Turner. So that's a that's a pretty big gap. Uh, Evan Plews was uh, back at 246. And I finished in 318. So maybe not that impressive, uh, but those guys are really fast. They've been going fast for a long time. And I'm just kind of out working at getting there. Um the enduro. So I was eleventh in open men in the stage for the enduro. I was seventh. Uh, I made it. And a that's point. that's all the all the men. No, they separated out that, the forty sorry, the plus 40, men. Yeah, so forty and under men. Yeah. Uh, maybe a different way to put it is, you, as a man, you can race open men, or if you're forty or over, you can race forty plus men. Yeah. It's not like. It's not broken down into 39 and under, 40 yeah, and over. Yeah, it's, it's it's what you want to race. Um, it's like, really, it should just be called Masters because it's optional. Um, where was I going with that? Uh, you went fast in the Enduro compared to 
a lot the, of people. The, some of the people that beat you overall. Yeah. So as far as overall, some of the guys that beat me overall did beat me in the enduro, but there was a bunch of people that did well overall that didn't really like. I beat Garth Prosser in the enduro, um, but there was a lot of stuff he didn't ride that I just I rode everything. I didn't even care. And I actually got a chance to do that. I rode that section. I, I did like a, a half version of the course. Um, I rode up I, on forest roads to the start of the enduro and uh, went down the enduro ahead of any of the race finishers. And it was some gnarly freaking stuff. I mean, I, I walked a couple of spots. I fell over once. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Matt Matt is... is uh, is kind of the man for writing all that. Uh, it, it was great. Everything's been great so far. Um, I'm riding my Jet 9 RDO with a 120 millimeter Sid fork, the Knox Composites wheels, um, XT brakes, XT crank with a Stages power meter, and an XTR 1x10 drivetrain. I added right before this trip a KS Lev dropper post. I got the 385 millimeter. Total length, 125 millimeter dropping distance post. So I got uh, five inches of drop, which is really cool. Um, yeah, I really wish I had a dropper post. If you live anywhere where there are mountains and descents, you should have a dropper post. You just should. They work really well. It gave me a lot of confidence. Um, there was one time that I hit myself in the chest with the seat because I forgot to drop it. And I was like, whoo. Like, it didn't really, like plant me in the chest and like it just touched you it it like it, it brushed into my uh, really sweet mountain bike radio jersey and i was like oh man i need to get on that dropping action uh, yeah i mean like i was i was on my hardtail and i was definitely like ass over the rear tire saddle up in my gut i mean back there because this is this stuff is just steep and even if you don't plan on riding steep gnarly stuff and even if you don't care that much about going downhill really fast like Matt said, it will give you confidence and allow you to ride a little bit more than what you feel comfortable with uh, without the dropper post. And, you know, this is this is going to sound really silly, but I always drop my post before I have to get off and push, like if I'm hike-a-biking, because if your seat's five inches lower, it's so much easier to just plop onto your bike and, like, get that first pedal going and then get clipped in and stand up and like hit the lever and like shoot it up under like all the way fully extended and sit down and keep riding like that. I know that sounds silly, but it, it helps so much. And in a stage like today where I pushed, geez, a bunch. Yeah. You should have, you should have gone back and looked at that, um, looked and see how much you were pushing. Well, it's really hard to tell what zeros from pushing and what zeros from coasting. Usually, Zeros from coasting are going to have like high speeds, higher speeds. Well, I didn't zeros feel like spending that much time. I, I was working through that other issue that I was having. So Okay. Um, let's see. What else is there? I kind of got a list here. Um, my thoughts on the bike. It, everything was great. No flats, no issues, no nothing, no chain drops, no no problems at all. Everything was going great. Everything's going fine. Um, you want to talk about like what tires you're running and... I'm running EXOs. I'm running. I'm running Knox Composites carbon wheels, and I'm running the tires that I always run, which is an Ardent 2.4 in the front with the EXO protection, and the Icon 2.2 2 
EXO protection in the rear. And they're great. I don't have tubeless ones. I just, I got those tires before tubeless existed, actually. Um, you mean tubeless ready Maxxis tires? Correct. Like, they are set up tubeless, but they're not the true tubeless ready that has the extra coating on the sidewall to help them be less porous. Um, so, uh, I mean, the race was great. It, it was a lot of fun today. And I spent, what I did is I ended up riding about three hours and 20 minutes or so. It's 318, 3.20. Um, and I did that at roughly my six-hour pace. So, I this trail reminded me a lot of Silomo. Um, for those of you that, that get an idea of Silomo, uh, I mean, it's just kind of like... Straight up, straight down. Straight up, straight down. Real chuddery, real blown out. Um, real gnar. And Lots of roots, though. That's a, that's the big difference between this and Silomo. Like, Silomo, I mean, it has occasional, but... I, I think a different way to put it is where Silomo is all rocks and gravel, this is rocks and dirt. So the dirt washes out and you can see the roots. There's yeah. roots at Silomo, but the rocks don't... Like, the gravel doesn't wash away in the rain. Yeah. So... So they don't really matter there, but here they do. They do matter here. Because there was definitely a spot in that enduro section. It was right after the rocky, slick-looking spot that I walked. I got back on, and like pretty soon after that, there was a, a right hand, like a wide switch back. But I just didn't see a line. Like There were just roots diagonally across all of it, like coming towards me in every direction. And I was like, screw that, I'm walking. I really think, I honestly think I rode Everything. I can't remember not riding anything. You didn't remember that log, though. I didn't remember that log. There was a log. Oh, I just remembered that log. That's where I passed one of the guys. I was coming in so hot. Yeah, like I, I, I pulled up to that log and I was like, man, someone is going to rail their way into this and slide and... Like high side. Oh no, what I did is I came into that log hot and I saw a dude and he was doing the thing where he like got off his bike, he stepped onto the log, picked his bike up, kind of set his bike down on the log, stepped off the log, drug his bike off the log, Mm -hmm. started like he did it real slow. And I was just like, oh my God, I don't want to be anywhere near this dude. I want to be going like ripping downhill. So I unclipped. Swung my leg around, dismounted without stopping, picked my bike up, jumped over the tree, like cyclocross style. That was kind of a big log. Well, you got long legs. I mean, it was like the size of a coffee table. Yeah, I mean, if if you're... No, but like I jumped and like stepped on top of the log and kept running, I think. Yeah. And like landed kind of jogging and like remounted my bike, like cyclocross style, and like started penning it right after him and like... Going into the next corner, he was just like, take it, man. <laughs> so I was like, you got it. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. He was riding a, uh, a Scott RC, which is their their version of a scalpel, pretty much. I mean, it's a short travel carbon cross-country bike. It's it's nothing too, you know, brop-oriented. Um, but what I really want to talk about, and what's really important is, uh, Blue Ridge Adventures did a wonderful job on the course today. I mean, the course was hard as shit. I'm not going to joke about that. There's a lot of people that wouldn't enjoy this. They would say it's too hard. They'd say there's too much hike-a-bike. I mean, right here in my race Bible, it says uh, most amount of technical single track, most hike-a-bike, most pavement. 
locals' favorite stage. So, um, and to give you an idea of how it broke down, we had six miles of pavement. That took exactly 20 minutes and 20 seconds. Um, we then did a nearly two-mile-long gravel climb, and then it got buck. And to be honest with you, I barely hung into the lead group all the way down the pavement because I knew that I wouldn't go that fast by myself, and I knew that it was going to be better to draft, so I just went that little bit of extra. But as soon as we hit the gravel climb, I let everyone ride away. And there was really just a couple of people that sort of fell off the pace of what I was doing up the climb. Like, I've been sitting. Um, I'm running a 30-3-0 chain ring, um, so it was kind of hard to go that fast down the road. I mean, it would have been hard with any size chain ring. It was just a high cadence hard instead of like a, a mashing hard. Um, but once I hit the, uh, so I was kind of spun out the whole way down the road and going really fast. So once I hit the climb, I, I made it a point to stand up and like stretch my legs out and, and let everything downstairs get happy. And I mean, it had been like some pretty solid spin Garth, for a while. Garth kept complaining after the race that his, like he had to stop and adjust his balls. And every time he would say it. He would reach into his pants and adjust his balls. Well, you know, if you have to stop and adjust them, they've probably been getting, like, angry all day, so... It's like his kid's, like, five years old or something. Um, it's as old as his dreadlocks. So, I mean, it was a great course. Everything was great. For the entire pavement, we had a police escort, and then once we... We were on a five-lane highway, and, like, we took the entire right lane, and when we got down to where we had to make a left... There was a rolling enclosure behind us that stopped highway traffic. There was the lead car plus two other cop cars stopped all oncoming traffic. Like, just stopped them in the middle of the highway like, fuck you, we're a bike race. And, like... Deal with it. We Everyone just made their left-hand turn real smooth onto the gravel and, like, away we went. Um, it took me... It took until mile... Um, about 16 before the first guy on a single speed passed me. That's how fast the rollout was. Um, it was somewhere about mile 17 that I hit the very first branch in the trail. Like something growing hit me in the helmet. So I rode, what would that be? I rode nine miles of trail before there was anything in the trail that hit me in the helmet. And it wasn't until I had to deal with any overgrowth until I was on this double track that's really like a forest road with a little single track path of not bushes down it. And there was just like some very soft grass that didn't bother me at all. But like you just couldn't really see. So you're saying the trail is really well maintained. Primo. And like every single time you made a corner, there was like a huge X where you shouldn't go. There was arrows on the ground, like, right where you needed to go. Like, if you were going onto this trail, like, literally, the instant you had to, like, touch what would be, like, you've taken that fork in the road, you're on paint. And there's, like, white uh, course tape tassels tied in the trees. And then, like, 50 yards down the trail, there's another one. And then, like, let's say you're ripping down this forest road. And you've been just like hauling ass descending. And like you make a corner. Like after you go around the corner, they got a couple on the side. Like not a not, not a, a like corner as in like turn right here. But like there's a bend in the road. They went on and hung a couple in the in the trees right after that. So you would like just confidence get. Confidence markers. Yeah, like confidence, reassurance. Like stay off those brakes. Don't worry that you're not on course. Like just keep bombing. So, so it sounds like you'd have to 
You'd have to really have your head up your ass to go go off course. Not only that, but it's just I was so relaxed and so able to just really get out and ride hard and have fun because everything else was taken care of for me. There was an aid station. I rolled into the aid station. Um, they took care of what I wanted really quick. I just wanted to throw some stuff away. The guy's like, toss it on the ground. Have a good one. I was like, thank you, sir. You know, like just everyone was real friendly. Everything was real great. They were posting results like as we finished and like, you know, showing updates of placing. Um, it Great race so far. Everything's been fun. And they've um, helped me figure out, um, well, yesterday and uh, today have helped me figure out rides to do that I can do um, using some of the course ahead of the riders and, you know, getting in just a really good trail ride and then being back at the car in time to, well, today, like, I, I ran back um showered, made a sandwich and packed a cooler and then went back to the finish to get a picture of Matt finishing and uh, you know and just have some snacks there for him to uh, to have as soon as he was off the bike. So very good stuff. It's very good. So this has been the um, Blue Ridge Adventures Pisca Stage Race Day One update. Um, brought to you by Pro Gold and Blue Ridge Adventures neither of this would be possible without them or none of this would be possible without them so um, we will do some more of this tomorrow as long as I am still alive uh, now that we have like the lay of the land and how the course will work we'll try to just maybe run through uh, a set of questions and, and get you on your merry way um, and if anyone has questions for Matt um or I ain't work for myself, but you know, if you have questions for Matt about the race uh, or about the stage, or if you want to hear a certain rider being interviewed or anything, then uh, you know, just hit us up on Twitter at yep. Mountain Bike Radio, at Beanpole Matt, or at Brickhouse MTB. And you can also follow the hashtag MBRPSR, like Mountain Bike Radio Pisca Stage Race and see all the updates that I've done through Twitter about this so far. Until tomorrow, take care.